And maybe we're missing it. Maybe there's a, something a lot bigger going on than what we see with this virus. And there is something bigger going on. It's the same thing. His purpose was to come and seek and save that which was lost. He made it possible that we could be saved, that we could be restored, that we could have that right relationship again with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that we could have that. And that's what he was concerned with. And he's still concerned with that today. That's why I'm preaching a message today that's called the narrow and the wide gates. This is, it's, I can't shake it and we're not gonna. And it is fitting that Jesus was coming in to Jerusalem through the Eastern gate. And he declared and had declared earlier on that he is the gate. And that's what we're going to be speaking about today. And when he came into Jerusalem, he took care of some business. You see him come into the temple. The first place he goes, he goes into the temple. He goes into his house and, and straightens some things out. And church, I, I'm not on picking a side on this is God's judgment to, the, to this and this is God's judgment on that. But I will say when judgment does come, it comes to the church first. It comes to his people first. That's why it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. So church, this is a time and a season to repent, to make sure things are right, to make sure your things are in order, that, he's been sought, that you've been seeking him first in every area of your life. You first. And Jesus was clearing out the temple, setting some things straight because they had really missed it. And God today is shaking up this earth. He's shaking the church. He's shaking everything. And all the stuff that's not founded on him is going to start falling and sinking. And, and he told us that, that to be founded on the rock when the storms come and they're going to come. And this ain't the last of it. We better be founded on Christ because you're going to stand if you're founded on him. But if you're on anything else, any other soil, it's sinking. So Jesus was clearing the temple out and he said, look, my house should be called a house of prayer. So church, this is what Jesus said his church should be, a house of prayer. So I'm praying and asking church, pray in these times. And you're not praying from fear, but pray what Second Chronicles 7.14 says. We repent for, for our place and, and examine yourselves. I'll tell you this probably last couple of weeks, I'm praying that pastors have been examining their hearts, examining their motives. I've been looking at, dude, Father, are, are you pleased with what have I been preaching up until this moment? And you know, I can tell you, I've said, God, search me. And, and I can tell you, and this isn't a pride thing, I have, I'm good. I haven't, this hasn't been a sugar-coated um, church that I see some people posting about, that there's been a lot of sugar-coated pastors and sugar-coated messages and, and haven't been preaching what God's been putting on their heart. We haven't done that. And I don't, I don't feel I have anything to repent for for the messages that have been coming out of this pulpit up into this moment. And even today, I'm not doing the typical, what the tradition would tell you Palm Sunday message should be. And each one of us have to give an account before the Lord. Each one of us in these times, you examine yourself. I have examined myself. We, we went through the Sermon on the Mount, which, which Jesus in the, in the, uh, led us to do for this church. <laughs> There's been so many things that we've looked at in preparation for this moment. The very first verse in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 said, of the Sermon on the Mount is, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. How much do you realize now that you have a need for him? This world knows that they have a need for him. That is a blessed moment and a blessed time when we realize we need him. We've, we've looked at the, you've heard it said, but I say, we've looked at the, when you give, when you pray, when you fast, and we've heard that and seen out of the word that it's not just hearing it, it's doing it. This isn't a time and a season to be hearers of the word. It's a time and a season to be doers of the word. That's what sets you on the rock. There were some unpopular messages I preached. 
many on relationships, on anger, on a divorce, on adultery, all kinds of things that a lot of people don't put their hands on or want to touch. And the Lord kept saying, no, preach it, bring it. Even, even an unpopular message, one of them was uh, a series on don't worry. The Lord was reminding me that day. How needed was that to prepare us? Don't worry, be happy. What are you worried about? I provide for the birds of the air. I, they don't store up in barns, and yet I take care of you. And we had some goofy little songs, and some folks got offended by that. That's okay. We've done what the Lord's asked us to do. And I'll tell you what, we need to go back to that message. You need to go back and put your faith and trust in the Lord. And why are you worried about? If we're, if we're seeing worry and fear gripping us as the church, then we're not founded on the rock. That should be a sign to us. And so get back and get founded where you have peace and you're not walking in fear. Amen. Not judging one another. Not judging others. He taught us how to pray. The golden rule, how to take care of others above yourself, that that fulfills all the law and all the prophets. How needed is that right now? And one of the most needed things right now in this day, in this time, is Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. This is Jesus speaking. It's the narrow and the wide gates. If you're at home and you have the ability to share this message at this point, I would do it if you have friends and loved ones that don't know the Lord. I don't know, I'm not, I don't know how you do it on Facebook, but share it or do a watch party or do something. And it's not so that I get seen. I hope you understand that. I want to see people saved. I've been praying for two weeks like never before for salvation for, for people that are lost. Because you know what? That's his heart. It's a, it's a ridiculous, amazing love that the Father sent His Son and the Son wanted to. It wasn't, it wasn't this cruel God making this sacrifice to atone for sins. It was this God so in love with mankind that He came running full force to swallow up our sickness and death and disease and sin so that we would forever be right with Him. That's the reckless love of God. And this isn't a point and finger message, or it's just the truth. And a God that loves us so much, He will give us the truth that it's a narrow way. Jesus says, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. A lot of people will hear that message and say, That's not, that's not cool. See, that's a beautiful message. He's letting us know. You can enter God's kingdom. That's good news. But it's only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult. And only a few ever find it. You say, that doesn't sound like good news. I'll tell you what, it's good news that there's a way. It's good news that there's a way. In the ESV, it's worded this way. Enter by the narrow gate. Go into the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. This is Jesus' words. Now, what's going on in this time and during this day that he's speaking this message to? Well, the people of that day, were, they're confronted with two entirely different ways to enter the kingdom. There was two different ways, a narrow way and a wide way. One was the requirement of the Pharisees. That's one way. That was the wide way. One's the requirement of the Pharisees, the law. The other was the requirements of Jesus, which was going through the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus encouraged the people to enter the kingdom through the narrow way of faith in hearing his word and believing. That's the narrow way. 
Faith in hearing what he says and believing it. That's the narrow way. No other way. As a result of faith in him, they would receive a righteousness that would make them acceptable to God. The alternative was the way of the Pharisees, which was a wide, broad road that led to the exclusion from the kingdom and destruction. Can I get some Kleenex, somebody, please? I'm kind of stuck up here without any. Christ's requirements were very rigid. The one and only way was through faith in him. Thank you. first point is the two greatest choices in life. You have two great choices in life, but only one way. My heart to you today is choose wisely and choose quickly. Choose wisely and choose quickly. There will not always be time. I remember growing up and, and I don't think the, the enemy and the devil's too much, uh, hasn't changed a whole lot and his tactics haven't changed. Thinking, oh, there's time, there's time. I'll, I'll, I know that he's the way, but I'll, I'll, choose, that, I'll choose that narrow path when, when I get older. There's not always time. Choose wisely and choose quickly. Choose wisely and choose quickly. The door will not always be open. The gate won't always be open. That's, that's scary. We're living in times, and this is the church age, and some people call it, call it the last days. We're not at the last days yet. We're getting closer. The last days is tribulation. We're in the church age. Now, there's a lot of foreshadowing that's happening in the church age of what it's going to be like in the last days. And that is a loving God. That's a loving God that lets us see some of the things that he's warning about in the end. And, and Matthew 24, and it says these signs, God puts signs out through that age for the, for the tribulation that people will be able to know these are the signs and the marks of the things that are happening. But the church age and the rapture of the church is different. It's, there aren't signs for that. It's nobody knows. Jesus doesn't even know. It says it's going to be at the sound of a trump. Quick. People are going to be caught off guard. They're not, it's going to be all of a sudden. That's different than all the signs of the, of the uh, rapture. So you don't know when that's going to be. It's soon. I can tell you that. You don't have a whole heck of a lot of time. Choose wisely and choose quickly. I grew up and you'd hear messages like that. And, and I'm not scaring anybody. I'm not trying to scare nobody. It's just the truth. And I'm going to stand before God just for like all the other messages that I've preached. And I'm going to give an account someday. And I'm not going to say, I sugarcoated people and told them, it's, oh, just come as you are, it's going to be okay. That's not what Jesus did. He said, look, there's these two paths. And all these people are going through this wide gate, and it's leading to destruction. And there's a narrow one. You, I am the narrow way. You need to choose him. Don't waste time. The, we're at a day that you've got to trust there's so many people trusting their wisdom, trusting their thoughts on salvation, trusting their, what they think Jesus is okay with and what he's not okay with. They're trusting their works. They're trusting their thoughts. They're trusting their working things out. This is not the time to be trusting yours. This is the time to be trusting what he did. You trust with him, with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You trust that what he said is right, that it's a narrow way, and it's him it's not you. His work is finished. He doesn't have to do anything else. We're still trying to do all this stuff. You trust in what he already did. It hasn't changed. In John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, I, I want to expel some fear, especially to those who are believers John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, Jesus says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let shows that we have an opportunity to let our hearts be troubled. 
He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Why is that? He says, trust in God and trust also in me. What are we trusting in Jesus for? Well, I looked at our four squared beliefs, our four squares. We're trusting that, that Jesus is actually who he says he is, that he's our savior, that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. We're trusting that he did come on this Sunday and come down into Jerusalem. And everyone's singing Hosanna, Hosanna, but just five days later, they're saying crucify, crucify, crucify. You trust in him as your savior. You're trusting him as your healer. Because he was wounded for our transgressions. He was whipped and beaten for our healing. It was our, for our chastisement. We get his peace. We trust in him as him being our baptizer. And I'll tell you, if there's a time that you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's now. You see the apostles, they walked with Jesus and they were with him and, and Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit into him. And he said, now go and wait for the baptism. They all left him. They, Jesus warned him and said, this is going to happen. And Peter being Peter and believed, I'll never leave you. And they all agreed, we'll never leave you. And they all left him. But when the baptism of the Holy Spirit of fire came upon the apostles, you see them never run in fear again. You see them going and getting uh, put in jail and beat and telling them, don't go talk about Jesus anymore. And there was nothing, they, no one could shut them up. And they went all over the world and suffered persecution and they preached and proclaimed Christ, that he was the only way. Totally different than before, than they were even with him. How much more do we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit of fire right now in this time? Because fear has got a grip on the church. Fear should never have a grip on the church. And I'm the church, and you're the church. Whatever you do, the church does. Whatever I do, the church does. Whatever I don't do, the church isn't doing. So if I'm not doing something out of fear, then the church isn't doing it. And that goes the same for you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. The last one is Jesus is our soon coming king. Don't let your hearts be troubled, church. We have a God who loves us. He's, he went to a cross for us. He provided healing for us. He's provided baptism with fire and the Holy Spirit and power. And he is coming back for his bride. That is good news. Don't let your hearts be troubled. People are freaking out. This isn't the end. This isn't tribulation. There's, that's trouble. You better let your heart be troubled. Your heart is going to be troubled when you're in that place. This isn't that. Trust in God and trust also in me. This is Jesus. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Where everything is ready, when everything is ready, I will come and get you. That's good news. When everything's ready, he's coming to get us. Church, he's coming to get us. Don't let your heart be troubled. I'm not scared. I'm not worried about the tribulation. You know why? Because I'm not going to be here. I know there's lots of thoughts on that, and you have the right to be wrong. If you want to go through tribulation, have fun. But I read 1 Thessalonians. It says, encourage yourself with these words. Encourage yourself, church. Jesus is saying, don't let your heart be troubled. Encourage yourself. He said, in, in Thessalonians, I heard the sound of the trump. The dead in Christ rise. And those who were there, they rose and met with him. He says, encourage yourself with these words. Don't let your heart be troubled. I'll tell you what, Jesus ain't going to tell you don't let your heart be troubled. If you're going in the tribulation, your heart's going to be troubled. People are freaking out over these little things right now. There's this little disease. And I'm, I'm not making light of it. It's just a fact. The stuff that's going to happen in the tribulation ain't no joke. 
You're seeing a foreshadowing of it. There's pestilence. There's locusts right now on the, on the, in, the, in the Middle East. There's earthquakes. All the stuff that are birth pains. They're foreshadowing what's going to happen. And that's encouraging to realize it's the truth. This is really going to happen, but we're seeing it on a small scale, and it's not God's wrath poured out on the church. Don't let your heart be troubled, church. Jesus says, when everything's ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. Now look at his own apostles, and, and Thomas says, no, we don't know, Lord. He has been preparing him, and he's saying, I don't know the way. Listen to what Jesus says. Thomas was like, we have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am. I'm going to say, don't you love the I am? Not I was the way. Well, I was the way, but I don't know what it is now. I am the way. Or not, I'm going to be the way. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Church, there's no other way. Those who are, who are not saved, there's no other way. There's this way that's wide and all these people are going down it, and that is not the way. There's one way, and Jesus is saying, I'm the way. I'm the way. There's no other way. We want to, everyone's trying to figure out some other way because we don't like the narrow way that Jesus is saying. It's this narrow path. Well, I don't like that path. So you're going down a different way. It's the wrong way. I am the truth. Well, I don't like that truth. So we want to hear all these other truths. And people are, well, this truth. And, and even uh, Pilate, what is truth? He was looking at truth right in front of him. The only truth. I am the way. Jesus said, I am the truth. Everything that he says is truth. He is truth. There is no truth outside of him. We need to be confident about that. There's so many people, they want to mix this, mix Jesus with all this other stuff. You're seeing that happen a lot. You're seeing a lot of people who were on the way. Then they start going off of the way and say, well, but this is okay too. And, and well, you know, God's, he's very loving. I mean, he, you can be kind of a Hindu-y, Buddhist um, I don't know, whatever, and still be like, put Jesus in the mix of that too. And, and, and it's all good. We're all going to the same place. No, you're not. How popular is that today? Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only truth. There's not another truth. If there, everything outside of Jesus as the only way, as the truth is a lie. Anything that says you can add anything else or it's, out, it's an exception to Christ, you're wrong. There is no other life outside of him. Everything outside of him is death. There is no other life. I lived outside of Christ. There, that was not life. It was death. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus, I've come that you'd have life, an abundance of life. There is no other life outside of him. Jesus wasn't lying when he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There's no other way. Jesus, in his own words after, after that, says, No one can come to the Father except through me. Well, you say, That's pretty narrow preaching, Pastor. You're darn right. It's narrow. He said it. And you know what? The one who laid down his life for you has a right to say it. He laid down his life. He took every one of my sins. He took every, all the guilt, shame, the old wretched life, the old Adamic nature, the life outside of God, and he swallowed it up. And he gave me his life to live through. The perfect, sinless, spotless lamb that lived through and then went to the cross perfect. He gave me that life. And he has offering you that life. But it's only, that life only comes through him. And I love you enough to tell you that. And so did he. 
It's only the blood, his blood, the perfect spotless lamb of God, the Passover lamb that, that the Jewish culture and, and the church is getting ready to celebrate. It had to be a spotless lamb. So the death angel would pass over. Jesus came and John said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Not just the sin of the world. This same passage in, chapter, in Luke chapter 13, verse 24, says, Work hard. Strive to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom. For many will try to enter, but will fail. Oh, that's sad. Jesus' word in Luke 13, 24 says, Work hard. Strive to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom. For many will try to enter, but will fail. The word strive in the Greek is agonozoma. It's not really pronounced that way, but I gave it my best shot. What it means is really important. It says to contend for a prize, to contend, to struggle as in an athletic contest or warfare. Does that sound about right? So you see, you have an adversary and he hates you and he does not want you to find the narrow way to life. So you have to strive and contend as in warfare to find it and go through it. It's not my word. This is Jesus' words. It's the, the Greek word he chose. I, it says, I contend that agonizoma as with an adversary. There's a wrestling that goes on. How many of you, when you came, there was a wrestling that went on. You had to wrestle your flesh and an adversary that did not want you to make it through that narrow way kept lying to you. Oh, you can do this. You don't have to. Oh, that's ridiculous. That's, that's just religious. You got to wrestle through that. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the wide gate. The wide gate and the broad way seems the easiest way to travel. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its, it's way is death. In the natural, the wide gate and the broad way seems the easiest way to travel, but they lead to destruction. How many of you ever been and you're going and I remember we were going to, we were in Disneyland. You see this, there's these wide paths and all these people are going in this direction. They think, oh, we must be going the right way. We're following them. And you get, the, oh, we went the wrong way. And you look for this, some, I started looking, let's find the narrow path. Maybe there's this little back way travel you can zigzag through here and there's not all these other people on it. And that's usually the best way. That's the same now. The wide gate, the broad way seems the easiest way to travel, but they, it leads to destruction. What's destruction? Eternal loss. The second death, the lake of fire. That word destruction in the Greek is apollie. It means loss, destruction, causing someone or something to be completely severed. Cut off entirely from what could or should have been. Oh, my Lord. The wide path, that easy road, is destruction. That word means causing someone or something to be completely severed, cut off entirely from what could or should have been. From what could or should have been. God provided, Jesus provided salvation for every single human on the planet. But he said that I'm the only way. And if you don't choose that way, you have cut yourself off from what could or should have been. It was the father's heart and the son's heart that you would go that way. Point two. I'd like to stay on this for a while, but I can't. No one drifts through the narrow gate by accident. What I see is you just see, you see people today, and I just have this little picture of an inner tube. They're just floating. I mean, I like, it's fun to do that. It's nice to kind of just float, hop on a raft, just let the current kind of take you wherever you may be. That's, that's what the church has been doing for quite a while, just kind of on this float. It's been a nice ride. We're just floating along. Let me tell you, 
Church, no one, no one just drifts through the narrow gate by accident. We're not just going to, oh, just leisurely float through. And, oh, I guess a lot of people, are. that's what they think salvation is. A lot of people think, oh, well, Jesus just, it's this huge, I just say a prayer. There's a lot of people going to be surprised. It's not just saying a prayer. It's having a realization and understanding of who God is, who, what he has done for you, and you have to repent and put all of your hope and trust in him. And it's a narrow path. It doesn't mean you can bring all your wants and hopes and dreams and all the stuff that, well, I still like to look at porn and I still like to do this. I still want to get high. I still want to sleep around. I still, well, I don't want to have to listen to this part of the Bible. It's a narrow path. You have to come through that way or you don't come through. Very popular message today, I know. Because it's a narrow path, it doesn't seem the obvious choice. It's just not the obvious choice. If you're just if you're relying on your intellect, and, and boy, if there's an age of people who think they're so smart and we're so educated, you want to use your intellect and go, well, that seems like, the, I mean, that's obviously the way. It's a lot smoother. I mean, they paved it. It's not rough. I mean, good Lord, there's not even light on that little path. It's overgrown. That can't be the way. You're relying on your brain and not on the voice of God saying, hey, here's the way. It's not always going to be the obvious choice. You seek it and find it when you hear the voice of the Lord and respond. See, he's, Jesus is on that little path, and it looks overgrown. It looks rough. It doesn't seem, but he's going, hey, this is the way. You're traveling. He's going, hey, there's, this is the way. He's knocking on the door of your heart. He's going, don't, don't go the wide way. I know everyone else is going that way, but this is the way. You're going to have to hear that voice and respond. But he's going to be speaking to your heart at the end of this message. You're going to have an opportunity to respond, but you're going to have to respond to it and take that way. You're not just going to float through. Well, I just hope it works out. So at some point, I'm sure it'll happen. No, it won't. This is a sad truth right here. Many that hear the voice of the Lord reject the narrow road because it's not the easy route. It has obstacles, hills, and valleys. Many that do hear it and many that do see it, they reject it because it's not the easy way. They see, you know, it looks like that could be a little difficult. It looks like there could be some struggles on that road. I see all my friends, they're, they're driving 100 miles an hour on this wide highway that's paved smooth and it's got light on it. And good. I mean, that, that's like a, a buckboard road. That's, that looks like a scary road. I don't know how that road's going to turn out. Jesus is going, yep, this is the way. Come follow me. The narrow gate is restrictive. Now, this is the part that, um, church, I'm sorry. This is the part that the world really doesn't like, that it's very restrictive. The narrow gate is very restrictive. The world doesn't like it, and, and to be quite honest, the church doesn't even like it. The church doesn't like the, restrict, the restrictive gate. We want to always argue and fight. Oh, no, it's not, it does, it's not that strict. It's not that hard. It's, and I'm not saying like, oh, my gosh, it's serving God's hard. It's not. The way of the transgressor is hard. Serving God is easy. Getting in the gate is not easy. Because he's, you're going to have to get stripped down. You're not going to drag all your stuff. You're not going to take all the things you've been trusting in and come in that gate. You're going to have to let go of all of it. You're going to have to let go of all that stuff and trust him with everything. The church and the world don't like that. It is restrictive. You're not going to do some of the things that everyone else is going to do. But here's the good news. If you truly come in through the gate and you truly do die to yourself and have a resurrected Christ live in you, you won't want to. 
you will experience once you make it into that gate and you go, yeah, this road's a little rough. The comfort and peace of Almighty God is with you. And there's a love that swallows you up and you are free for the first time from sin, death, hell, and the grave. And there is a, it, what looks narrow becomes this beautiful, freeing place. But it don't happen like that. You have to be broken, humbled, and realize that He is the only way. And there is no other. There's no other option. I have to come through this way. See, the narrow way, it implies, and this is, this is fact when you study this out, the narrow way implies persecution, affliction, distress, pressure, and being uncomfortable. Coming through the narrow way, there's some pressure that starts squeezing you in. It's, it's a, you're barely fitting through that thing. You're going to have to suck it up, buttercup. You're going to have to let go of some stuff. You're going to feel some uncomfortableness going through that way. I don't know, I don't know if I like this. Boy, I sure didn't. You're stand, for me, it was like standing on top of a cliff and, and hearing the Lord say, jump, I'll catch you. Well, I don't want to jump. Then I can't have any part of you. You're either going to go all in, Steve, or I can't have any part of you. And it doesn't work any other way for anyone else. It might, you might not feel like you were standing on top of a cliff having to jump, but that's how I felt. And I was trying to hold on to all this stuff that was the stupidest things to hold on to that I thought I had some sort of peace in. You got to let go of all of it. And he tells you up front. I, I don't know anyone that, that gets the gospel message that's like, hey, guess what? Come follow me. You're never going to have any struggle. You're going to get rich. They, see, that's a different gospel. That's the sugar-coated gospel message of today. Jesus, come follow Jesus. Everything's going to be great. Shoot, it's smooth. It's an easy path. Man, every, this is no problem. Jesus tells you up front, you want to follow me? Pick up your cross. Follow me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You are going to have resurrection life, but you're going to have to die first. I don't mean physically. Your way, your nature, your wants, those things are going to have to die. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Now this, yet this life I now live, I live in the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. But you still have to die. And nobody wants to do that. There is pressure. Talk about pressure. You've got all the rest of the world on this wide path, all your friends, family, everyone else on this wide path, and then you decide to turn and go against the culture and go against the direction of the tide and go on this little narrow path that looks like you're struggling, having some trouble. They're going, well, that's stupid. What's wrong with you? They're all having fun, smoking weed, getting high, drinking, partying. Oh, this is great. Sleeping around with everybody, and you're going, nope, Jesus like, that ain't for you no more. Here's the path. There's a lot of pressure involved. I'm not going to lie to you. See, people on the broad road, they're going to they're make fun of you. That's the truth. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to persecute you. Jesus said they persecuted me. They're going to persecute you. Don't you want to sign up? They're going to pressure you. They're going to say, you're intolerant, pastor. Oh, you're a Christian? You're one of those intolerant people. You think Jesus is the only way. But I'm a good person, and I have all these good things. I'm not intolerant. I just believe actually what Jesus said. But I'm okay with that. Call me intolerant. He lifted me from the pit of despair. He lifted me from the pit of hell. He set my feet on a firm path. He put a new song in my heart. Many have seen and been amazed. And I have a peace like I've never had before. There's a joy like I've never had before. But I'm not going to tell you it was easy. Because Jesus didn't say that. He said it's a narrow path. Satan will try to get you to turn back. If you start to go in the direction of the narrow path. He's going to lie to you and say, you're on the wrong road. Obviously, that ain't the right road. 
Look at how rough it is. Obviously, you're not, you haven't made the right decision. Obviously, trust in Jesus isn't the way. Look at how smooth it is for all these other people. They don't have these problems. How come you're having problems? He's going to try to get you to turn back. He's going to lie to you and say you're on the wrong road. It's too hard. This road, this path is too hard. Oh, look at, look at the road over there. Just get off this road. It's smooth sailing over there. It's smooth. There's no hills. Aren't you tired of climbing these hills? As soon as you get over one hill, then, oh, there's another one. He's going to say, you can't make it. You can't keep going through this. He's going to lie to you and say, you're all alone. You're all alone on this narrow road. We're going to change a corner here and it starts to get encouraging. Praise God, right? I got to tell you something. We all, all the church wants to talk about is good news, good news, good news, good news, good news. But I'm going to tell you something real. There ain't no good news without bad news. What makes good news good? Well, there's some bad news. The bad news is if, if you don't take his way, the narrow way, there's a broad path and it leads to destruction. And many find that road. Here's the good news. Jesus is the good news. You don't have to go down that road. You don't have to go down the, the, the road of death. You don't have to go down the road of fear, the road of anxiety, the road of alcoholism, the road of addiction, the road of adultery, the road of trying to fill yourself with all this stuff and never having peace. You don't have to go down that road. That's good news. There's a way. And his name is Jesus. There is no other way. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. That's good news. But see, there's a bad news that if you don't take that way, there is no other way. In the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 7 through 9, he tells Joshua this, Be strong and very courageous. Church, be strong and very courageous. Listen to what he tells Joshua. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Once you get on the... Don't turn to the right or to the left. It says, then you will be successful in everything you do. Boy, that sounds good. Then you'll be successful in everything you do. That should be all the success models. Obey the word of the Lord. Be strong and courageous. And just so we know, church, that's a command. That's command form. That's speaking to an army. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Listen, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. I got to tell you, if there's ever a time that we need to be in the Word of God, meditating on it, studying it day and night, it is now. This is the time so that you don't veer from the right or to the left, so that you are not misled by the enemy saying you're not going to make it. There's, you're all alone. And you can know the Word of God says, I'm not alone. For I have a brother, I have, I have a God who sticks closer than a brother. It says, only then will you prosper. Only when. When you study the book of instruction continually, you meditate it on it, on it day and night, you will be sure to and obey everything in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You're not alone. You're not alone. Be strong and courageous. In this church age, this is the church age. What is the church? The bride of Christ. We have a, we have a God who is getting ready to come pick up his bride. And good news, we are the bride. Encourage yourself. Our groom is getting ready to come pick us up. He is coming. He is making preparations. In the Jewish culture, um, and and it would have, in Jesus' day, the father, the, the son didn't know when he was to go pick up his bride. The father would tell him when, the, when he saw the son had prepared everything and the room was built or if he built a house, 
it was for the father to say, it's built to how I see it needs to be. Everything's ready. When he got to that point, the son didn't know. As soon as the father would see that the, the place he had prepared, and isn't that what Jesus said? I go and prepare a place for you. Encourage yourself so that where I am, you will be also. The father would then would tell the son, go get your bride. Everything's right. Everything's ready. Now go get your bride. We are the bride. The, the, the father and the son, the bridegroom is not going to pour out wrath and beat the snot out of his bride before he comes and gets her. I'm sorry. Oh, we serve a good God. We, we sing, we serve a good God's good. You tell me about a good husband getting ready to, to come be with his wife. And he says, hold on a second. I'm going to beat the snot out of you first. Okay, now let's, let's get married and consummate. That's just stupid. Is that encouraging? Would that encourage you? Would that be something that the Lord would say, encourage yourself with this? I don't think so. Point three. Keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the ball. No Little League this year. Kind of a bummer, or at least so far. I'd always teach, you see in, in batting, when as, soon as, as soon as the kids start, start to hit the ball and they start really wanting to hit it hard, they start taking their eye off it and they start missing. You get your eye off the prize. What is the prize? Jesus coming for us. That's a prize. That, that's something we should focus on. Through these times of like, yeah, it's tough, but you know what? And, and I had to do this the other day when my uh, gallbladder was really messed up. I was in a lot of pain. I was miserable. I just begin to focus on the Lord and, and realize that, you know what? This is temporary. This is temporary. This life's but a vapor. And start looking at the schemes of eternity. There, there's coming a day he's going to come get us, and I'm going to be with him forever. That passage, um, John 14, encouraged me. He's preparing a place for me right now so that I will never be apart from him. And there will never be pain. Thank you, Jesus. There's no pain there. Keep your eye on the prize, point three. Keep your eye on the ball. See, we have to keep the end of the road in view in order to stay on the narrow road. I used to jog, and it, it, when I was in Teen Challenge, it, didn't, it wasn't for a long time, but when I did, as I would start getting tired, there was, I could see a street light that was right at where the, the house was where we were at, and I would just focus on that street light. And I just focus on it. I wouldn't look at how much further it was. I wouldn't look at anything else. I just focus on that light and just run towards that light. This is the, th is the, is the, the thought on this is keep your eye on that, on the end, that he's coming soon, that he's coming and rejoice. We're going we're gonna to worship with him. We're going to be with him forever. There's going to be some stuff go on that ain't fun. Get your, get your, don't get your eyes on that. Get your eyes on he's coming. And what a day it's going to be. Keep the end of the road in view. Satan always wants to get you focused on the right now. He was trying to get me focused on, see, if God really loved you, he'd have healed you. You wouldn't be going through this pain. Look at the now. I'm not looking at the now. I'm looking at the, like, look, he loves me. He went to a cross and died for me. He swallowed up all my mess and gave me a resurrected life. And he's coming for me again, so I'll be with him forever. Shut him up. In the book of Proverbs, Chapter 4, verse 25, 26, and 27, this is wisdom. It says, look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Don't keep or keep your feet from following evil. Look straight ahead. Keep your eye on the ball. You take your eye off, you're going to miss it. In shooting, or if you're hunting, or if you're target practicing, it's aim small, miss small. You don't just aim at the target. When I, was, when I used to hunt, I wouldn't just aim at the deer or aim at the elk or the coyote. You try to pick a spot of, of where the hair has got a little flip in it or there's a color change. or You aim at something very small so that if you miss that little target, you're not going to miss much. So you focus on the prize. The truth on that narrow road is the Lord of Heaven's armies is with you on the narrow road. 
The Lord of heaven's armies is with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. You will not get swallowed up. The, 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 the animals that are out there screaming and the mountain lions that are screaming and all the stuff that's looking like, I'm not going to be able to make this. The God of heaven's armies is going before you. He is with you on that road. He's strong and courageous. See, the good shepherd goes before the flock. And we have the best shepherd. The good shepherd goes before the flock. Yeah, it's a narrow road, but he's going before you. And he's walking that road out with you. And he's pointing to, hey, watch out for that. Don't step there. Don't get off on that road over there. I know that looks like the way, but it's not the way. Follow me. Keep going down this road. He is with you. He has not abandoned you. He's given us the Holy Spirit as our comforter, as our teacher, as our equipper. He, will, he is Jesus inside of us, and he hasn't abandoned us. We're in good hands. He's a good shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 9 through 11, this is Jesus saying, Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Rebecca, can I get you to come play, please? Jesus makes it very clear. I wish I had time. If you go back and read John 10, you're going to see that there's all these other people and, and false shepherds that are trying to take the sheep. It says, but the sheep don't recognize that voice. See, Jesus doesn't leave you. When you're on that narrow path, he's speaking to you, and you know his voice, and he's leading you, and he's guiding you. And there's going to be other people, other voices that are going to try to come and get you off that path. But the good shepherd goes before the flock. The good shepherd comes and lays down his life and sacrifices his life for the sheep. I tell you what, I, I've never been more comforted from our shepherd. Before I got on the narrow road, I was lost. I was lost. I had no peace. I had no hope. I had no savior. But that shepherd left 99 good sheep, came after the one that was lost. And he picked me up and he cleansed my wounds and my injuries and he carried me home. And that's what he wants to do with you. There is no other shepherd. There is no other way. Love has a name and it is Jesus. Love never fails. I'm going to close with Psalm 23 because we're talking about the good shepherd. And this should comfort us, church. This should comfort you. You need to start praying this and declaring this. The Lord is my shepherd. See, if, if Jesus, if you haven't went through the narrow, you've got a different shepherd. And you can't trust that shepherd. But King David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. Tell you what, before the good shepherd, there was no rest. Many people, they're, they're, there's no peace in your life. You can know you're not founded on the rock. You can know you haven't went through the narrow gate if you don't have rest, if you don't have peace. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. Isn't that good? I don't have to renew my strength. I don't have to work and go exercise and feed on all this different. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk, through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. 
you honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. That is our good shepherd. I'm going to share one more passage of scripture, and this is Luke chapter 19, the triumphal entry. And I'm going to start in verse 39. It said, but some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. And he replied, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. What were they saying? Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. They were proclaiming that Jesus was the Messiah. Goes into verse 41. Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. It says, but as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the cities ahead, he began to weep. (laughs) Oh, this is so, so hard. Can you imagine? This is Jesus saying, how I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. That is words I hope none of you ever hear. Because it's not too late yet. (laughs) It says, before long, your enemies will build ramparts against the walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you. Now, everyone under the sound of my voice, you need to know that God has visited you today. Jesus has come and he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He's been very upfront and said, there's a narrow path. And I believe all throughout this time of this message, The Holy Spirit's been dealing with your heart, drawing you, letting you know, and be thankful that there is a way. And you've trusted on a lot of different things. And I'm I'm talking, so you know, to those who are outside the church would be those who have never confessed their sin to the Lord. They've never asked him to come and be Lord of their life. And I'm talking to the church. Those who have made a confession, but somehow you've drifted. And you've let all these other things be Lord of your life. And you can't say that you have peace. You can't say that you're on a firm foundation. All the things, if you're not on solid ground, then that means you're trusting in things and you're sinking and you don't have peace and you're in fear. That would tell you that you're not on the rock. So today is the day of salvation. Not just for those who've never, those who have drifted, those who have been backslid, those who, and this was me, those who had an encounter with God, but then had an encounter with religion and it didn't work out so swift. And you thought, you thought God was a certain way, and he's not. God is a God of love, and he's a loving God to let you know this is the only way. But he truly, you're not having to work works anymore. You're not having to live a good life and be a good person. You have to completely trust in what Jesus has already done for you, what he finished and accomplished at the cross, and let him take your life. And this is what he literally did. He took your life and went and crucified that at the cross. And when he resurrected, he gave you that life that was perfect, whole, and resurrected and said, now live with me. That's what you can have today. You can have a resurrected life. You can have a completely, you can have the divine God, the God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit residing in you and living this life out of you. It's not work. You're not wrestling with that. You submit to that and you believe that he did that for you and you let him begin to live that life out of you. And let me tell you, that is joy. That is peace. That is love. That's a good day. It's a narrow entrance. It's only Jesus. But once you make it through that day and through that part, he is leading and guiding you. And he is directing your steps. He is empowering every single step of the way. He is saying, you can make it. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Follow me. Nope, that's not the way. This is the way. And, he, and, when, and when you do, when you do mess up, when you do take a wrong step, because you're going to, he says, I am, I'm your advocate. 
I'm going to go to my father and say, Dad, that's the whole reason I came is because they screw up. I didn't. So that life is their life now. And the father goes, dismissed. You're redeemed. You're redeemed. It's the greatest day in history when you surrender your life. And you surrender your will. You surrender your whatever you've been trusted in. And you go 100% and you give it to the Lord. I'm going to pray with you here in just a minute. And I'm going to ask that when we close up this service, I want those who are listening today at home and whatever, if you're on Facebook or uh, YouTube, leave a comment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you in the prayer. And if this is the day that you can say, I, I, Pastor Steve, I believe what you're saying. And I, and I can honestly say, I, have not, I haven't been on the right narrow path. I've been following that wide path. Then I want you to leave a comment and say, I said the prayer today. And if you do this and you need a Bible or you need any help whatsoever, please leave a comment on Facebook. And I'm going to give you a phone number, 209-267-1263. If you need to call and, and talk to somebody, there will be a, a, a believers here at the church that would love to, to talk with you and help you on this path. But what it looks like is this, that you come to a point and you say, I know I'm not the way. I know all the other ways, the things that I've been doing aren't the way. And I agree with you, Pastor Steve. What Jesus said is the way, that he is the truth, he is the life. And I want that life. I want that life of joy and peace and love and strength and power and a sound mind. I want that life. I'm tired of the fear. I'm tired of the shaking ground. I'm tired of the addiction. I'm tired of the, uh, the loss, the emptiness. I'm tired of the fear. Then you very simply say, and this isn't a, a thing that you do, you do lightly, but you, it, isn't, it isn't hard. Salvation's free, but it's not cheap. You say, I, I'm all in. I push all my hope and dreams and plans and future on Christ. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that you should be saved. So I would encourage you to, to say a prayer, something like this. Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I believe that you are the way, that you are the truth, and you are the life. And there is no other way, there is no other truth, and there is no other life. So I'm going all in with you, Jesus, today. Because today is the day of salvation. There is no other way. Today is the day. I'm going to put all my hope and my trust in you from this day forward. And I'm going to believe that when you died, my old life died. That when you were buried, my old life was buried. And when you resurrected, a new resurrection life became mine. And if you put your hope and your trust in that, the Bible says that you will be saved. It says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not more complicated than that, but it is a narrow choice. There's not 99 other options. There's one. And today's your day. Now, if you have said that prayer and you've never known the Lord, I want you to leave a comment. Please leave a comment and say, Pastor Steve, I said that prayer. If you've known the Lord and you can say, I haven't been on the narrow path. I, I, I got misled by the enemy. I got off the path. I believe there was a different way. And I was, I was misguided. Then say, Pastor Steve, today I'm back on that narrow path. And I would love to hear that. And I will pray with you. And we have other pastors who would love to pray with you and encourage you and disciple you in the way. If you don't have a Bible and you're in need of a Bible, please let us know. Please call 209-267-1263. You can go on our newlifecc.net um, website, make some connections there. Please comment on comment Facebook so we can follow up with you. I'm there, I don't want to stand in front of you or anyone else in the future and have the Lord say, why didn't you tell them? In church, New Life family, this is our time and our season for this. This is why we're still here, to be the light to those who are in darkness, to be the salt to those who are thirsty. 
And I know I've taken a lot of your time today, and I'm not going to take much more. But there's nothing more important that I could do today than to deliver this message. Next week, we'll have a resurrection message, I can promise you that. Easter, Super Sunday. <laughs> I think it's going to be his resurrection, our resurrection. But I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> Let me pray a blessing over you. Father, I thank you. I thank you for those who have listened today to this message. I thank you, Lord, for you being the way. <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm so thankful that you loved humanity so much that you redeemed us. Father, that you all went all in. Jesus, that you went all in. Holy Spirit, that you agreed. And you laid down your life for us who were lost. So grateful. Lord, I'm grateful, Lord, that I am free from having to live out of the law. Lord, that I can live through that supernatural power that resurrected Christ out of the grave, that you live in me, you have not abandoned me, and that, Lord, I can follow you and serve you and become like you through your strength, not in my own. I'm so grateful for that, Lord. Lord, be with those who have um, said that prayer, God, and I pray, Lord, that they will receive this, that breath of life, and Lord, for those who haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would baptize people fresh and anew with fire in the name of Jesus. If you haven't been baptized, ask Jesus to baptize you. It's not hard. And he will do it. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll see you next Sunday. Um, keep church, keep an eye out on the Facebook and um, on messages for news to come. Amen. Be blessed.